0: You might hear the word insolvency and think companies but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland or ISI has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track.
1: If Scotland defend like they defend in the top 14 and they're allowed to do whatever they want at mall time, advantage Scotland in terms of that, but if it's policed correctly, Ireland will. Uh, game penalties. I thought going into the game Ireland have a better scrum, a better maul and I think that they'd be uh, hopefully mentally stronger than them and for what it's worth I feel I hope Ireland hammered them today because of the way Scotland behaved during the week. Too mouty. I think too mouty but they can't back it up. I think we were brought up on the fact that you work hard and then talk afterwards. In um, a time and a wee day when it's been a pretty (laughs) horrible day really it's rugby. not been a very good day, let's be um, honest. You know, it's, it's nice and reassuring that Ronan Aguilar remains an ever-constant in our lives as an absolute bell-end.
2: Yeah. There are certain things in life that you can rely upon, you know. And many of the things that we used to be able to rely upon, you know, the post office... Um sanity (laughs) in our times.
1: People voting with their brains, things like that,
2: you know. You know, basic human decency, all these things, but through it all, Ronagara being an absolute jeb end is (laughs) Yes it's it's just never gonna change. And then God love him for it.
1: You thought, well, he's just sticking up for his team, that's fine. Ronan, you know, <laughs> fair do's, and yeah, then he comes right. out with this absolute blind in an interview with some Irish magazine or other. Did you see this one?
2: Uh, no, what? Oh, God.
1: Quote, unquote, some women do try to and offer their opinion about the game, and the game is too complex for them to have an input on.
2: Oh, no. Oh,
3: no. Yeah,
1: so, well done. Well done, Ronan, for making us all feel like the world is still a place we can rely on some things, which is you being a purple-faced prick. Most of the can time. We,
2: can we knock, lock Maggie Alfonsi and him in a room together? Yes, and indeed. And just see how that goes.
1: Uh, some person on Twitter, whose name I can't remember, I forget, it was a lady, obviously responded to me, just said, oh, I'll have to, I'll have to just carry on doing gene splicing then, she's some neuroscientist, <laughs> basically. Because <laughs> <laughs> rugby's too complicated for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is a complicated sport, let's face it.
1: Anyway, sorry, I thought we'd open with that one, but welcome to episode 52 of the bloodandmud.com podcast, uh, your com podcast. Yes. Sweary Pipe with Rugby Knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and he is...
2: I am Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. Yes, all
1: the way over there. And you can uh, get in touch with us at Blood and Mud, or you can get in touch with Josh...
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugbyshirtwatch.
1: You can find us uh, on Acast, the new Acast app. You can. You can. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, where you can leave us a lovely review if you like to. Reviews be nice. like this one. Um, Mm -hmm. Five-star review from James C222. Great stuff, he says. Five stars. This is the podcast equivalent of Greg Laidlaw. Hang on. Hang on. I don't don't know where this is going. (laughs) Where's this going? Uh, Looks and sounds miserable most of the time. Okay, yeah. Sometimes ponderous, but overall extremely effective. And all three of them are proper old-school rugby men. However, I hope Lee and Josh don't strangle rabbits to prepare for the World Cup.
2: Well, I mean, there is my 2019 preparation out the window <laughs> there and then. But
1: Yeah, so there you go. That's a review from him. You can leave a review on iTunes. It does help as if you do. But, you know, it's up to you. I'm not going to give you yeah. any pressure. I'll just mention it. It's up to you. I'll just yeah. leave it out there. Um, also, don't forget that in this time of trouble, Island fans, mm-hmm. uh, you can order <laughs> some beer. The lovely forgetting fluid, the best craft beer forgetting fluid you can get your hands on. With a lovely ten pound discount by simply using the code bloodmud Ten at the lovely mm. people at Beer Fifty Two dot com will give you uh, a nice crate of lovely craft ales at a discounted price. Thanks yeah. to us and thanks to them.
2: Beer Fifty Two on Podcast Fifty Two Synergy.
1: Oh, I hadn't even seen that coming, Josh. No, that's the kind of lateral thinking you just don't get on other rugby pods.
2: You 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 literally don't.
1: You <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> nobody nobody would else they? would say something like that. Absolutely no. nobody. So, uh, and that's why you come along here, welcome one, welcome all, please join in, thanks for all your input, of which we've had plenty this week, thank you very much.
2: We have, it's, uh, it's been, you can tell this, this nations have started because people are getting very angry about everything, which is fine because we're angry most of the time, so I like to think of it as everyone else has come up to our level.
1: Yes. Well what speaking of well angry or sad or, or negative emotions shit shall we Let's talk about shit? Absolute yeah. shit. And not even jokingly shit, just like no. we normally go for, really badly shit. Let's shall we talk about the loss of a uh, use Van der Vest hey, you have to be South African to say it properly. Is it hey, hate Hazen? Youth Van Der Vest Hazen Hazen yes. yeah. Um Juice. Juiced, you know. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's been coming. He's not been well for a very long time. Yeah, and course. I remember it made me think it made me think of um losing Jonah Lomu. Now we hmm. lost Jonah Lomu just before I think the first pod we did together it happened just before I then. I think it probably was, yeah. I think it was the yeah. first thing we ever talked about, which set a sort it of somber was. mood for the rest of rest <laughs> yeah, of our time together.
2: That's why we're such miserable fuckers. This is that was the first conversation <laughs> Our we ever relationship
1: had. was built over the death of Jonah yeah. Lomu. And you know, this feels a bit like that in a lot of ways. He's, He's gone too young. Yeah. But also, in their way, they both fundamentally changed the game of rugby, I think.
2: Massively so. I mean, he's basically the blueprint for mm. the modern scrum half. Really.
1: Yeah. I said that scrum half has never never been the same since him. He was epoch defining for a yeah, position, really.
2: You, yeah. You think, you know, you think of like the traditional nine year sort of Gareth Edwards. George Gregan, Matt Dawson, Mm. chopsy little fucker with low centre of gravity. And yet he was not any of that. You know. Mm. He was six foot two, he was big, he was quick. He was basically a winger with a nine shirt on. And Mm. it totally changed, you know, you think of of, you know, Connor Murray or Mike Phillips or Reese Webb, you know, these big lads that are playing nine now. And he is the template for all that. And it's it's and their whole game is based on sort of the way that he was so combative physically, which was a totally different thing for a nine, yeah. and he melded that with like pace and yeah, vision and, and
1: And as tough as he was on the field, from my memory, and it, I think it's easy to get rotated, but I don't think I mm. am being, he was never mm. really a shit house. No. He was just a tough player. He wasn't he wasn't no. a shit. That that you dirty get we did the other week when Garen Jenkins lamped him one. Yeah. He was just he holding didn't... Jenkins off as if he said, look, let's not have a fight, mate, you know. But Jenkins <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, was, had had other plans. But the point is yeah. is that He wasn't a schneidy shitbag of a scrub half. He was just hard as nails and a really, really good player. There was a kind of humility to him with his talent that I remember quite fondly. Mm. And that humility really carried on as he fought that fucking awful disease that he had. And he brought a kind of fierceness and tenacity to that fight as well. And he must must have really struggled with that. I'm on one now, sorry. He must have really struggled with that (laughs) because physically... He'd spent his entire life getting the better of anything that the game Literally could throw everything. at him. everything, yeah. Everything that they threw at him, he got the better of it physically. So there was something especially kind of uniquely cruel to have something physical like that to to, to, yeah. to, to take him. It was,
2: really. And yet, you know, he he didn't... See, I mean, I'm, I'm very sure that it did get him down, hmm. but he didn't let it beat him in that sort of in a way that I think a lot of lesser people, i.e. me. <laughs> yes. um, and, and me, yes. Yeah, you know, you you probably would be questioning why life is so unfair and you'd probably be a bit of a hmm. fucking miserable character about it, but he just decided to try and make it something positive. You know, he always knew that there was only one way that this thing was going to end, and yet he just fo- seemed to focus... Pretty much all of his time and energy, from when he was diagnosed whenever it was, 2009-ish, to yeah. when he died, just you know, trying to make a difference for it and trying to, to improve awareness and trying to raise money for research and all that sort of stuff. And, and it, it does speak to the measure of the man, I think I, I'm and...
1: genuinely really upset in, in a way in a way that I, I wasn't with Lomu, and I think the reason is is because Lomu, you see, Lomu, Jonah was a superhero. He was yeah. on. He was on another planet. He was just this other being that we could never yeah. really be. Whereas Juice wasn't that. You know, he looked. He looked like you and me, but just a, yeah. a better version of it. You can imagine yeah. yourself doing what he did, although you never could actually do it. He was. Course, he was reachable. Yet yeah, he was unreachable. He was humble. Yet yeah, he was a rock star. He was. He was tough, and yet obviously he was. As it's been proved today, he was so very mortal as well, and. Yeah, I feel I feel he he was only a few years older than me, and I feel yeah. really privileged to have been there to see his best. I think that's one thing I'll I'll, I'll probably yeah. carry with me. I mean, as I'll, we go forward,
2: I, I said it on on Twitter earlier, but I I think that he is without doubt the best scrum half of my lifetime. Like in the the, the you know mm-hmm. twenty or so years that I've been watching rugby, I've never seen a scrum half as good as him. Like, I've seen a lot of fucking good scrum-ass, but he just... There was just so much, like... He just had everything to his game, you know? He had the ability to, like, beat a man with his agility, which, for a man that size, you wouldn't have expected. His support line, so I was... As we all inevitably do in these things, <laughs> retreat to As...
1: YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: And you just watch his best moments, and you think, "Fuck me!" he's but like the number of tries that he scored just by popping up on being someone's on shoulder, shoulder yeah, and being yeah, yeah. there, yeah. and that's such an underrated skill to have. And you, what was it, thirty-nine international tries in eighty odd appearances? Oh. For that's a nine, remarkable.
1: it's remarkable for anyone, but for a nine, it's absolutely yeah. remarkable. The um. Yeah, I think it's that that thing you said about you see lots of very good players. It's like in every sport there are these pe- there, are, there are always those people who are just that one st- level above, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Like Gareth yeah. Edwards, like Phil Bennett, yeah. like Jonah. We could mm. go on, but he is in that kind of upper echelon. You know, yeah. there's lots know. of very good players. Then there's the people who are just in a different level, and yeah. and, and empty. you can never say who is ultimately the best of all time. No, you can say, but can whoever it is is going to come from. Eras. Yeah. Is, or are you going to say whoever it is is going to come from this pool of people? Yeah. And he's in it, Definitely. and there's plenty that aren't.
2: Yeah. And you only got to look at the sort of, you know, the players that have taken his style and, you know, attempted to emulate it. You know, I think Reese Webb said on Twitter today that he was juiced was his favorite player growing up, and he'd modelled pretty much everything about his game on him, and you, you know. All of those big hours that exist today, you mm. can see how much they and but and as good as they all are or were and have been, they just can't hold a candle to him because he just he had that extra ten percent that yeah only the proper the great student. players have yeah
1: yeah and you know if there was no Juice Van Der Vestes, there would be no Mike Phillips. God, can you imagine I, that? I don't want to end on a negative, so let's... <laughs> um, let's. Um, I
2: mean, there would be a Mike Phillips, but he'd probably be playing open side flanker. He would be playing also, open like side flanker, wouldn't he? Or he'd be him. some
1: mid, mid-pace winger <laughs> in the second tier of exactly. Welsh rugby somewhere. Anyway, we will miss him terribly um, for all his work and, and, you know... Indeed. Whatever, wherever you end up, go well. Right, so... Let's talk about, let's try and move on to happier things for some people and not for others, but um, <laughs> let's, let's move on for the, to the Six Nations, shall we? First yes. of all, before we get into the actual proper stuff, let's have a look at our Fantasy League. Thank you oh, for yes. everybody who's joined us on Superview. We have 125 people in the league, so thank you very much.
3: I, that, yes, I'm genuinely I'm actually
1: surprised. I expected to get about 30 hardcore people. We've got quite a number, so that's great. I'd like to just hold my hand up and say that um, I am 107th out of 125 yes. people, for which I am rightly proud.
2: Yes, and I mean, I I don't want to sort of seem too superior and, you know, mm. rub your nose in it at all, but I am 106. so, I mean... I do
1: love it that we are basically demonstrating the same <laughs> level of rugby knowledge, which is <laughs> yeah. in the seriously really bottom quartile <laughs> of, of, this, of this.
2: I like to think that fantasy sports is uh, an entirely separate thing from actually knowing about sport because i'm quite good at (laughs) and bafflingly successful at fantasy football occasionally and my interest in football is tangential at best and yet occasionally and usually when i pay as little attention to it as possible i do quite well in the (laughs) league that i play with my mates from school however fantasy rugby i am uniquely terrible at (laughs) and i think this i just know a bit too much i overthink over
1: yeah is that what it is yeah yeah Yeah, that's definitely what it is i think you know, i think think, let's be honest
2: joseph against that french midfield oh i fancy him to get a try (laughs) i won't put fucking Stuart hog in there because i'll overthink that yeah
1: let's be honest with the with the listeners josh let's be honest you know we can't be in a situation where we're winning our own competition I mean, sabotaging ourselves
2: out but yeah, I mean, have definitely not bit. tried to bet,
1: pick the best team and created this fucking abortion of a score this week. It was a deliberate no, I mean, thing.
2: It was definitely, you know, we have had to hamstring ourselves a little bit there, haven't we? Because yeah. it just wouldn't. It would be a bad look if we just beat every, all 150 people or however many it is in our yeah. in our league. You know. So
1: let's just forget us for a minute. Let's talk about the people who have done well this week. So top of the <laughs> top of the tree. Is that it is not Larry with the determined yeah. zealots? Well done, not Larry. Um, and then the other top three: the Cunning Hellraisers. That's McJacko. And in nice. third place is the Vivid Raccoons by Dutch. <laughs> I like that, I like that. <laughs> by Duchess Malfoy. There's some good names in here this week. There's no, a I mean, yeah, Conch of Bunts. Good... I like that one. Yes, like that. Quimchops Perineum. Oh, that's horrible. Who's done oh, that one? Clubber awful. Erotic Biro. Come on,
2: <laughs> come on. It's a family league.
1: It's a family league. <laughs> Let's have a look at who... I, is. Enjoy,
2: I enjoy the huge manatees. I don't, I, I don't know why. And the uh, palmy polygamists, which... Uh. Right.
1: There are four people at the bottom of the league who obviously didn't even pick a team because they're on zero points. Oh, dear. Um, however, I will say bottom of the league, and I'm sorry to bring this up, is white line fever. Oh, dear. Um, and you know, but then again, 122nd is bottom, and we're in 100. I'm in 107, so I'm, I, I haven't got much to say. So thank you for everyone who's contributed. Who's <laughs> this could all change very quickly, couldn't it? We can confirm that we do have uh, prizes that money can't buy, uh, mainly because they're not worth anything. But um, no, no. So moving on to the actual games, and anyone who wants to join into the Fantasy league, you can join in at Super Brew dot com and look for the bloodandmud.com league and chuck your hat into the ring and quite frankly your hat will fly straight above and past me and josh I imagine <laughs> because we are rubbish so well you say this
2: I've just looked at our page and apparently we are in the top sixty six percent of uh players so I'm not sure how but sixty six percent of the people playing this game, are worse at it than we are. and we are you're reading that wrong. And we are 130-something or 106th in our league. So, yeah.
0: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, Visit gov.ie forward slash pupchanges A Government of Ireland initiative Brought to you by the Department of Social Protection Have you heard the news?
3: The Irish Independent has a new podcast
0: Thousands of people who work in the events industry Are making more noise than ever but are they being listened to? 20 minutes,
3: five days a week. The Indo Daily takes you beyond the headlines and into Ireland's
0: most talked about stories. Two gangs, 18 people killed, families torn apart. The Indo Daily
3: podcast,
0: available on Spotify, Apple,
1: independent.ie, and wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Moving on to the proper games. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember? Remember why we're here? Let's talk about, shall we go in the order they were on the telly?
2: Yes, let's do that. Let's start with the best game first, then.
1: Let's (laughs) let's talk about Scotland beating Ireland. Do you want to go first, Josh, or shall I go first in what we need to say now?
2: Uh, No, you carry on, mate. You go on.
1: I am very, 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 very sorry. So sorry. To all the Ireland fans out there, (laughs) so very sorry for what we've done.
2: And yeah, I mean, let's face it, we sort of knew that this might be on the cards, but I think that <laughs> I didn't think that we could do quite as comprehensive a job as we did. I mean, we basically just, they might as well have been playing with their shoelaces tied for most of the first half. It was remarkable, the power it that was we wielded.
1: Yeah, and if ever a five-minute period was made for a Glacial Greg. It was that last five minutes of that game. Oh, he was in his element. He, what was, he was in his means. absolute like, what, so have element. To do the,
2: like a motherfucker, and yeah. then just pass it to a pod so You just want me brilliant.
1: to? Go, you just want me to go normal speed? Yeah, great, <laughs> thanks.
2: I mean, it, take it away. Our obvious cursing abilities, though. I mean, what a fucking brilliant game it was! It was. A, like.
1: It was a, a wonderful game, and that game alone is probably better than the entirety of last year's tournament. Probably.
2: I would say it, it definitely was like I'm sure the island fans are incredibly frustrated because make no mistake they balls that a big style Massively. but as a neutral uh, fantastic game of rugby I was thoroughly gripped for the entire
1: I wasn't the months. whole the whole testament was was brilliant and and Scotland winning made it even better really I mean it was the the, tent, the, the, the it was so tense Scotland winning even big vern had a twinkle in his eye he did and I mean it was like I said last week
2: you know it was it was about whether or not they you know could actually step up and do that thing of mm. being a real contender and I think and closing the game out and closing the game out properly and and yeah, I think with any da- you know any doubt of that's kind of gone and if that's a proper monkey off the back, and can they now kick on and and do something because I think we all expected Scotland to be high octane in the attacking game but I don't think particularly in that first half the like ferocity of that Scottish blitz was ridiculous it you know like it was one of the ways that like we, we talked about how Glasgow got better on the defensive side this year and it's sort of taken their game to a new level and, I sort of think that big core of Glasgow players in the team—they've kind of clearly brought that defensive yeah. intensity. I mean, and, and actually, they did it for forty minutes at least.
1: But because, when you look at the when you look at the stats, Scotland made a, nearly a hundred more tackles than Ireland. They were, game. I mean, yeah, a hundred, and, and that's why it looked inevitable that they would just be absolutely yeah, fucked. Yeah, with about twenty and, minutes to go, and there'd be no way they could they, they could. You could yeah, just and see this heartbreaking keep... score starting to week away oh, with Ireland. God,
2: it, it looked so inevitable because they weren't keeping it up in that second half. You know, They missed 32 tackles as a team, which yeah. is you know that's quite a lot. It is. Um, but they did enough. and that
1: 37% of territory they had. It's
2: mad, isn't just it? just shows you like... that some
1: games don't matter, does it? Cause, but, th- but what it does show you, actually, statistics can lie. But I don't think they're doing this one because Ireland... I'm not trying to take anything away from Scotland. The heart and the, the, the closing out was brilliant, but Ireland with a better game management would have been well away. Yeah, they dominated
2: game. every single
1: like you can say. And oh, even they even got into the lead. In this, you can't even system. say you can't even say, well they dominated but they couldn't quite get the points on the board. They actually took the lead. Yeah. And then somehow just... couldn't do it
2: they managed the game port, And also, they dominated every single statistical category in terms of offensive and defensive stuff aside from the number of tackles and the score, obviously. Yeah. Like, I'm still not... I'm not entirely sure how they managed to lose it, really. It was just like... Everything seemed to be going fabulously for them, and they just seemed to be marching to an inevitable closing out of the game. And then, I mean... Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, they were, the issues in the first half obviously cost them big time. And let's not forget, they were obviously a Jamie Heaslip taking the ball to the ground instead of in- attempting an insane blind offload <laughs> from winning the game. Um, yeah, There's clearly not know. that much wrong with that Ireland team, but they just came. They came out slow. They got caught cold and then they just crumbled in the last... Five ten minutes and they just did stupid things with the ball and they kicked it away and they just it was oh, yeah. it was ugly. It was really ugly.
1: Having said that, it's easy to sort of say well Scotland dug in and Ireland balls it up, but actually, you know, Scotland scored a number of tries. They crafted yes, they some did. which let's be honest, it wasn't that long ago that a try in Scotland was about as, you know, you'd commonly seen as a salad. <laughs> and then basically exactly. yeah. and then this this cut and it was um and it was the angles of running and the timing at which they hit the line—they do it probably when it, especially when it's a set play as well. They do it better than most other teams. They certainly do it better than England. Again, come on too it's later. The Gregor,
2: on. T- that's the Gregor Townsend thing because that's exactly what Glasgow that, do. There is no yeah. better team in Europe. That's why uh, Hog looks amazing yeah. because he knows because, exactly
1: where to run and when, and he knows yeah. where the ball's coming, and yeah. then he's, and he's through. Hmm.
2: And it's—I mean—that <laughs> said, I do think watching it at the time. It was like incredible play from Stuart Hogg. And then you watch it later and you look at the Irish wide channel defence.
1: Oh, Gary Ringrose had a shocker.
2: Ringrose had a shocker, Earl's had a shocker, Zebo had a shocker. Um, they miss Andrew Trimble's physicality a lot, I thought, because they've just got these two lightweight sort of show pony wingers at the moment, one of whom isn't really a winger, and, and one, one, of one of the them, other and, one who's and, looked better at fullback. And one of them isn't season. a
1: show isn't a show pony.
2: <laughs> this isn't any kind of pony <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from the Scottish tap because they were so clinical and they were so patient no, but, as they always are. And also, are.
1: you see, you know when that, that it's basically that push-out tackle, you know, it, that yeah. was, interestingly, it got me thinking that for all the credit that Farrell got last year for for, for making that honour defence so terrifying, when Ashton started to come apart as a defender, that was when Farrell was with England and mm. it was that same... Uh, structure and pattern that basically yeah, is that push yeah, out absolutely. and in. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what Earls was doing. That's exactly what Ringrose was doing. And actually you can slag Ringrose off and you can slag Earls off or you can actually say they're just working to the system and what Scotland did was craft the way around it. There's yeah. two ways to look at it really as far as I can see. And I think there's some credit to Scotland there. rather than I, just put...
2: think I think if you're going to do that out to win, your scramble defence has got to be absolutely fucking rock solid. And I just don't think that either Earls or Zebo are committed enough to be, and and tr- frankly, Carney's just old, and he hasn't got the legs to get across there like he used to. And it's kind of a bit of a, yeah. the personnel doesn't really suit the system in that regard, I think.
1: Yeah, there's, there is something about, he's going to have to twist in some positions, isn't he? Uh, I think maybe. I think certainly maybe. Joe Schmidt's th-
2: going to have to look at that team and go, Back row balance, I think they all played He's well like, in flashes. He didn't actually had
1: a terrible game. He, he had that one moment. But yeah, no, actually, as, think, a, as a number eight, he played all right. And I think it's yeah. hard to give him a, 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 a shit time. But actually, I think it's more about, instead of saying, look, you're rubbish, it's more about actually what balance do you want here?
2: Yeah, and the balance is all wrong. Well, there's too much beef in that back row with those three. I mean, they're three massive blokes. Yes. And they just, there's no guile there with that yeah. makeup, and and Ireland looked much more fluid with Van der Fleer at 7 and mm. I think he's got to make that call because it's also the, the line-out thing as well, that line-out went terribly because <laughs> the entire back row is too fucking heavy to, to get, get any off, kind of
1: to lift up off the floor. Yeah.
2: So they were just throwing it constantly at Devon Toner, which then became a rather obvious thing to diagnose if you're a Scottish lock.
1: Yes. And um, um Rory Best as well, not great. Oh god, he was not
2: good, was he? I mean, no there were very few people that I think from an island side really came out of that game in credit. Um
1: for for the but, tour for the tour of which we do not speak,
2: exactly. I and... think that
1: all commentators should change whenever they're going to use the word lions. They should change to the word bastards, <laughs> <laughs> and say you know he's not he's not done his bastards uh, chances any that much on, That yeah. much harm <laughs> <on there.
2: laughs> I, I tell you what, though, you know, we could talk about Ireland's problems all day, but I think it's better to talk about how good Scotland were because they were yeah. really good, like. I, I honestly think you look at them, I don't want to do what we did with Ireland. No. But you've got to look at them. But and... we do have
1: to praise I'm sorry, people out there, we, listeners. Yeah. We well, do have to praise people. We do have to
2: I'm it. sorry. I,
1: was, I know you're probably wincing out there if you're Scottish, but, you know, we do have to praise people. So.
2: And, and you look at the schedule that they've got, and you look at what they did, and you think, particularly with the bonus point system with, in play, with the way that they, you know, they can be a factor in this tournament in a big way, and you know, you look at the teams they've got to play, they're going to have to be absolutely watertight defensively because clearly they will punish any sort of defensive Mm. laps in the wide channels probably with a try because there's just so much pace out there but the irony is also that Hog aside, I don't really think their backline played that well on Saturday. I don't
1: think they did. No, at all, actually. Like,
2: Tommy but... Seymour was anonymous. Um, the midfield missed 11 tackles between them and offered very little penetration. Dunbar and did Maitland...
1: manage to wear an invisibility cloak in a line-out, though. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, yeah. you have to give him credit yeah. for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sean Maitland was just what the brilliantly fuck was that demonstrating all about, by that by Saracen's <laughs> defensive mental conditioning clearly carries over to test level. <laughs> yeah. like, he did nothing else. It was a very right.
1: Saracen-y performance, as oh, somebody said on Oh, it was so saracen
2: It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, I'm not saying that as any kind of critique of them. I'm just saying that there is oh, a yeah, lot more to come from this Scottish backline, and it's going to be pretty scary for everybody else if they do click at some point. Well, I don't
1: think anybody expected Dunbar to be chosen. Well, I, <coughs> I certainly he, didn't. he wouldn't have been my first choice there. I think I'd have gone. The no, well, I'd first, have picked but, Matt
2: Scott or someone like that. You yeah, know, but, it, but,
1: but, but yeah, he was in there, and I think, but we, we shall see, won't we? Uh, but yeah, credit to them, um, and I really do hope we have a good tournament. You know. Well, they are long overdue one. They've been a so European rugby shik- better so with more teams playing well. Anyway, you know, and to be fair, they keep filling that ground as well, don't they? I mean, I'm not trying to like, again not be patronising, but fair play to them. I just Many think, yeah, they
2: they've, they've got they've got to do it at some point, haven't they? That, yeah. If not now, when? You know, this looks like it could be quite a down year for the rest of the Six Nations. You know. Now, and we'll we'll come on to. Nobody's looking particularly amazing.
1: no Ireland get to go to Italy next week. I think that's a decent fixture it's for a good them. it's a good bounce back. <laughs> it's well timed it? for them, that isn't it yeah um and Scotland go to France mm now that'll be interesting, won't it
2: it's going to be a really I'm really looking forward to that game When's because that last? should we, Should we talk someday? about let's talk england, about so let's talk
1: about england did you did you did you see Inverdale's trick about talking about a Scottish lineout?
2: And then somehow
1: no, he said. He said Eddie Jones has said that people should be creative <laughs> on a rugby field, which is a fucking joke, by the way. The way England are playing, um, and you know, so let's have a look at this Scottish line-out. It's like you can't help yourself, can you?
2: You litter, litter, there are all roads lead to England. You were there, with mind. your
1: despicable brillo pad hair. Yeah,
2: if you were ever to ever do a John Inverdale flowchart, <laughs> it would just be a, a lot of questions and then just whatever. It just diamonds all going England. straight into England
1: in the middle. <laughs> Well, be, I mean, uh, the thing about England France is, right, I'll be honest, I, I can't remember that much about this game apart from uh, Saran. Oh, Beautiful Baptiste, what a player. the what angel a... of Bordeaux, <laughs> the quirky-haired saviour of my love of the game of rugby. Honestly, I'm genuinely in love with him.
2: I mean, yeah, he for, like, instant cult hero. I, I did find it mean, slightly I his... weird when the commentator on Saturday was talking about him looking like an old French movie star from that, the 70s. Yeah. He, he, he started <laughs> that on a riff stupid.
1: there, and I think within half a sentence he went, this is not right, This, but I've got to keep going so with is it. This a
2: metaphor that has got out of hand as soon as I started saying well, it. You know, yeah. the, the,
1: the service, the craft, the hair, the fighting just, with forwards. The, oh, the chopsiness is great. The completely unnecessary 20 metre reverse pass just to throw it <laughs> to Lopez <laughs> for a dropout just because he can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've come over all peculiar again, Josh. I'm <laughs>
2: And you know he was one of the f- main highlights of what was a a fairly blood and thunder yeah. kind of game. It was light on
1: his 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 le- his I mean. spectacular level of not giving a flying shit about anything it's just it's just glorious well this is yeah we we spoke
2: about him briefly when he did that. Ridiculous offload for... and to be honest, that is really all I've seen cool of it.
1: Because I don't really, I don't really run out every week to try and watch Bordeaux Begler. I'll be honest. No. and I've seen that offload, which was very clever. But I thought, you know, all right, might be one trick thing. But yeah, he just uh, he looks he looks wonderful. But yeah, he,
2: he's a talent and half. And Bordeaux a, played really fucking good rugby, and so it's it's a good mix.
1: He's um, it was a baffling game,
2: really. <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush here. As a non-England fan, I find find England to be profoundly fucking irritating as a team. And I mean, well, just because we keep heart. winning, yeah, you can call it heart, you can call it composure. Or I call, call it, it winning. Win. What do you call it, Josh? I call it blind fucking luck, is what I call it. <laughs> but I mean, they were increasingly like this thing is happening where England are putting in performances where they win when they just don't deserve to. And that's a fucking handy skill to have and credit where it's due. But it's hard not to feel like things are maybe... I kind of feel like Eddie's walking a tightrope a little bit at the moment. And the results look great. The records being broken look great. But I'm are they improving as a team?
1: I'm not paying much attention to that, to be
2: honest. No, I don't think they are at a
1: minute. It was testament to Paul Gustard's scrambling defence, that game. It really was. Really? Because we didn't really do much. No. If France's discipline was better and they could stop knocking on, yeah. uh, that would have made a big difference. We were always within a score, despite doing very little, just defending and just waiting for, yeah. for them to do and something wrong. They were just
2: criminally wasteful. They created they were, all... And it's yeah. exactly the same as what they did in the autumn. They created fabulous opportunities but, for themselves, and then they didn't have it, the composure or the precision or anything to actually turn that into
1: points but at least you can see in honesty what unlike france for a long time you can see what it is they're trying to do
2: yes there's a plan there. there's a
1: plan there which is to basically yeah. get the big runners on the ball get beyond the game line, and get some support runners running through and getting this surround you and these wonderful crisp passes and getting mm. getting a bit getting a bit more france into the french play basically yeah
2: which is great i mean well-known gobshite stephen jones feverishly described them as the best french team in years after the game and i mean technically yes yes but that is a very low bar but that's
1: like saying that's the best turd you've done after a curry in years Do you know what i mean it's, yeah, kind it's of like a...
2: if that bar was a coffee table then you definitely have to like move it if you wanted to hoover underneath it for example <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's yeah. yeah i mean they um, were they have been they were tidy they were physical at the breakdown. They were solid at the set piece, and yeah, they actually look like they've got a plan in the back line now. But yeah, I mean that's a great improvement on the
1: horse shit that they've trundled out for the last and they look at uh, they look at decade, five thousand percent better having Lamarat at thirteen rather than yeah a big massive chunky lump.
2: No, although I've, I was a little bit irritated by Lamerat just because he. Just, Seemed to be a gutsy piece of shit and refused to pass the ball. It's like they would have had a um, try with that from the was it the um, Fiku knockdown yeah. out wide, and he just needed to pass the ball. And... But in terms
1: of their shape and their plan, building on yeah. something, there's something he's, you can see. He's there.
2: definitely one for the future. And um, just imagine how good that team will be with Fafana at twelve.
1: Well, yes, because um, Fikou was. He was very. Mm. Happy. He spent yeah.
2: the only notable, the only time I remember hearing his name in the game was when he was offside twice in like
1: ten seconds. Well, as good as Damien Shuly. <laughs> the man who wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, going back to England though, England, Ben Youngs has managed to. Well, normally he comes to England and looks like a different player. He didn't. He looked exactly like the player. We expected him to Well it's be.
2: it's just exactly what England did not have any kind of and at least until Haskell came on. Ugh. Which we'll get to. Um Yeah. They had no clean ball at the breakdown at all and they were constantly having to throw extra men in and all that. And it just is further proof that he is Absolute fucking bollocks when he hasn't got clean front football all the time,
1: and he's, he has to actually do something sensible with his boot. That's when it really when starts he has to, to make a decision,
2: apart. and when he has to. And I mean, I
1: think yeah. it's shown that Itoji's not a six, not at this level anyway. No, he ca- his carrying was probably worse than Robshaw. Yeah, and that's saying something. Didn't do anything. He didn't and Rob do anything Shaw but penalties. Robshaw was sorely, sorely missed. <clears> yeah, sorely I agree. And
2: I, I think, I mean, what do you make of all this? You know, Eddie Jones basically said that it was his fault and he didn't prepare the players properly and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's just coaching bollocks, isn't it?
1: I don't pay any attention to anything Eddie Jones says. I don't know why. It's a very sensible idea. I honestly, but... I don't. I can understand why they want to put it on Twitter to and, and get a, a headline out of it. But mm-hmm. what he actually says in public, there's just no point listening to any of it because no, it's he like, even if it's true, just... you would never know. And it's no. all just generally bollocks. And he just yeah, likes he to wind talks, people up.
2: He talks shit and he's a winder. He's approach. like a
1: slightly more entertaining Warren Gatlin, basically. Just don't pay any Mildly,
2: attention to him. Mildly, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're, and who are, they're equally prone to injuring themselves in slightly mysterious ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what was that all about? But, yeah. um,
2: I mean, it's not falling off a ladder cleaning your windows or anything, but it's, it was up there.
1: Did, I mean, you could say he didn't prepare the side well enough because he doesn't put the best outside half in Europe and outside half, for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there is. That's not really preparing the well enough. And I think to, he's going to have yep. to start
1: looking at the fact that Farrell probably needs to come into 10. Not because I'm necessarily saying George Ford is terrible. He wasn't completely terrible at the weekend, I don't think. He wasn't great yep. anyway. He was just kind of there. But what I'm finding, I think, with Farrell is that he seems to be caught in two minds in that channel too often. I think he still thinks like an outside half a bit too much. Yeah. So he never knows whether to... Pa- he's probably holding the ball and trying to make too many decisions. Yeah. And then when he tries to drive it up, he's a big lad, but he doesn't have that off the pace, off the mark, physicality that's no. needed to get through the game line. And I just saw, so as much yeah, as it did, and if, agree, and if he's yeah. only there to do a job for Ford to take pressure off, that only really works for me if Ford is playing like Bowdoin Barrett, which well, he just exactly. isn't. And, so what's the point?
2: And also, I think that maybe that's, that 10-12 axis only really works when England are dominant up front yeah. and at the breakdown, and they, they've they got the clean ball to just basically do the sort of two-distributor thing that they did quite well last season. Yeah. You know, know It you just know. doesn't... And also, from Farrah's point of view, you got to feel sorry for him because he's playing 10 every week for his club and then he's being expected to play 12 for, for
3: yeah, England. I don't think that's...
1: that's you know... a, 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 well, it shouldn't be a massive problem. If the game... If the setup in the game is working the way it should work, like yeah. like you said, this two dis- distributed thing, which it obviously isn't doing, so actually yeah. why not put him in at ten? You could get you could get Teo in at twelve, or at least get him starting, let him see how he goes, because then he can start he can start smashing up and getting his hands through the tackle and offloading. At least that yeah. will give you something. And if you get Joseph running off that,
2: that then, does you know yeah. I mean because it's always the thing that he it seemed like he wanted. And it seemed like England. Well, he obviously loves in...
1: Ben Taylor, doesn't he? Because no matter what's going yeah. on at Worcester, he's just in the squad and on the bench. Exactly. Because, and, and I mean, you could he, say he, it's justified. Did a,
2: it was a nice little cameo that he had. Don't well, get me he, wrong. Well, he did.
1: He did a brilliant. He played exactly like a rugby league player, and that is not a yeah. criticism. He basically no. ran from depth and hit the line brilliantly, steaming. Yeah, and that's you know, and if and that's what you want. You're
2: never going to stop a lad his size from that. No, distance. and
1: even if you do, you're going to stop him with a few people behind the game line. Whether he's near yeah. attack, you know, as a general point. So, yeah. But it's hard to know what exactly Jones is aiming for as a game plan because we still don't know. In no, terms of very... in, once the ball gets beyond the nine, we really actually don't know. He's got the forwards, not so much the weekend, but generally we know that the, the, generally, the forwards. yeah. Beyond the that, the
2: problem is that they're just not. I don't think they're executing what he's telling them to at the moment. Well, Cause they cause obviously like...
1: aren't because if that's what he's no. telling them to do, then he wants sacking. Yeah.
2: But you know they just basically went out there and for fifty minutes took a shit with their clothes on because they. I mean, you're right. They did just defend for most of the game. But you look at like the stats and France conceded more turnovers, more penalties. They had less possession in the the opposition twenty-two. Like England spent more than two thirds of the second half in French territory, Mm. and yet
1: the game is it is far more balanced on the stats than watching it would make you think. mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you, uh, you know, and, but they just kept possession was fifty-fifty. Territory is a bit better for England, but only just. Yeah, you know the meters made weren't a mile, million miles apart, so no, it, it's not. You know, you don't look at it and think, well, there's obviously one dominant side, though, and England were really lucky to win. So I think it no, just
2: it, they it, definitely shaded it, and but it was just constant unforced errors or just sloppiness or laziness. Like, how many lazy penalties did they concede over the eighty? Yeah, like he must be fucking fuming about that (laughs) because they're not a bad team. They're demonstrably a good team. But, you know, Scotland and Ireland, judging by this weekend, are probably closer to the All Blacks level in terms of intensity and precision and all that sort of stuff. You know, are they getting a bit complacent? Are they just so used now? Yeah, because they've been winning without really playing well. Basically, I think that's stretching it a bit.
1: I think we have we, we well, have played well. Not, I think that is stretching it a bit. we've yeah. not had winning to, without dominating we've games. We've not had then. to dig deep and do something remarkable. I think I would say that. But we have played yeah. well enough. Yeah,
2: they're they're beating average teams by playing slightly above average. Is kind of how I look at it because I think the France are an average team now. Probably.
1: Yeah. 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 I'll
2: give you that one. You know, and the, and.
1: I you just know, thought, I just wouldn't want to extrapolate that out to the entirety of last year, which is what you're trying. Oh to Oh God, do. no,
2: no, no, not from the entirety. I'm saying basically since they came back from Australia.
1: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I'll give you that one.
2: Yeah, and and you know, are they they just just where is that next? Because we all kind of assumed that the next step would happen in
1: the autumn. Yeah, and because the backs are largely unchanged as well. Remember mm. the forwards, all right, whatever. But the, the forwards are still they're still. You know, everyone kept raving last year me included, oh, look mm. at the choice they've got. doesn't matter if a second right. row gets injured, not a problem. There's loads of, it's told you can cover six and all that kind of stuff, but it's just not yeah. really happened. It just shows you really how how massively intrinsic Billy Polo was. Fucking hell. I mean,
2: for all of the frothing excitement that people got into about Nathan Hughes. He's done fucking next, not, not a
1: great deal, really.
2: Occasionally, you'll do like a run where you'll, You know, smash a person and get like a couple of yards over the game line, but it just shows the difference between a player like him and a player like Billy, who Mm. literally will do that from standing start. And
1: a player like Pickamole,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Pickamole carried for 122 meters on Saturday. He was just Nathan Hughes carried for 47, which is not bad for an eight, actually. No,
2: it's fine. Like he's put like Nathan Hughes is a perfectly serviceable eight.
1: Yeah,
2: but he. It's clear how much of England's game and success last year was based exclusively on getting that constant game line busting presence from Vinopola And, yeah, they
1: just... I I wrote in my preview for England of the tournament on the blog, bloodandmud.com, obviously, um, that this is going to be the difficult second year in their relationship. And I mentioned this on the pod the other week as well. Yeah. And, so, and somebody commented on it. Oh, this is well negative. I I wouldn't want you anywhere near the team. And it's, I feel like saying, you, you do know I'm not a cheerleader and I don't work for England, don't you? You know, it's not my job to basically be their fluffer for the next six weeks. Yeah. It's to point out that there's still some issues. Because this is the thing, you see, this is what happens. Also, I don't think anyone's considering you for an England coaching in I mean, Well, you never know. My maybe. phone is on. You know, I'm not yeah. saying never say never. But the point is, is that <laughs> This is what happens with England. The hyperbole starts to take over. Yeah. And we we become obsessed with fifteen wins on the trot, and it's that's no small achievement. It's easy to forget. We, all. It's easy to forget we won on Saturday. It's very yeah. easy to forget that because we did, and people say it's it's a sign of a good team if you can win not playing that well. Yes, I think it's more of a sign of the team you're playing against not being able to finish off the fucking chances that they've got. To be
2: honest, and that was a very you know that that was a big feature of this weekend. Yes. And- you know, if France had brought their handling skills inside the 22 as well as they had them outside of the 22, that could have been a bit of an embarrassing afternoon for England. And
1: yeah, but yeah, it is I the mean, first game I, of the tournament. They were going to lose, though. No, it is the first. I did for a little while. It is the first, is the first game of the tournament. People yeah. do play their way into the tournament, as, as yep. plenty of teams have shown in the past. Um, so, I'd just like to see keep saying it because how many times can we say it i just want to see. i'd like to know what it is they're trying to do yeah and i'll we'll wait till next week to see that when um who are they playing next week again josh i can't, I can't quite remember some some
2: brilliant <laughs> some. amazing team that are currently <laughs> top of the table i think i'm off know? to the
1: under 20s game on friday night oh yeah at colwyn bay i'm going to get a close up squint at ratu joe a eager on the wing oh yes for england
2: Oh, I don't think you need to have an up cl- I mean, you could probably stand in the car park and get an up close from to <get> From <laughs> everything
1: that I've seen of him, and I did look him up on YouTube, he is a unit.
2: He is an incredibly I don't want to say man, a boy. He is a, a man
1: boy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that sounds rude. It's not, though. Yeah, but, it sounds, no, but anyway, no, let's yeah. leave England uh, for now because there's only so many yes. things we can say about it. Let's move on to the final game of the weekend, yes. which I did tweet about three quarter of the way through. This is what slowly drowning must feel like <laughs> watching this game. Cause it was hey. pretty bad, but, um, wins a win. A win. <laughs> well, yeah, I hate that word. I hate that oh, fucking no. phrase. Um, I mean... but go on then you can have this one.
2: Yeah. I mean, looking at the score at half time, I would have fucking bitten your hand off for 33, seven at full time, obviously. Um, History books will say it's another pasting for the Italians in the Six Nations, but God, it was fucking dire in the first half. Like I mean, I think we need to thank Wales for starters for saving me from having to do a really truly yeah. epic yeah, angry rant. If the game now. had
1: finished on fifty minutes, then it could have been really bad, couldn't it? I
2: mean this this whole podcast would just have been me. <laughs> Going on in and The on. full hour and twenty would just have been me just spewing bile. But um, yeah, so let's <laughs> all be relieved that both my blood pressure and your ears. What are I do like that. is is
1: that on Twitter, people got in touch on Twitter after the game, going, "I can't wait to hear how much Josh is going to rant about this on Monday." <laughs> <laughs> it's, we've, we've got people out there who are probably disappointed now that you're not in that mode. Yeah.
2: Sorry, everyone. I mean. <laughs> I tried to get angry about... Welsh people (laughs) probably (laughs) aren't, but yeah. Yeah, I tried to get angry about winning 33-7, but it's kind of hard to in the end. So Um, what changed then in that second half? Well, I mean, really, let's be honest, Italy turned up for 20 minutes in the first half um, as any kind of attacking threat. And, I mean, in that 20 minutes, they showed more coherency than Wales did in probably 60 out of the 80. Um, But they were just playing Warren Ball for... Like forty minutes, and I'm sure Howley will blame that on the rain. But I just think that they still don't know what they're fucking
1: doing out there. Like the easiest thing to do when you don't know what you're doing is just for one man to run up to the line. Yeah, which obviously but the problem is keep seeing him doing it yeah. or doing problem a terrible when kick.
2: That, that man is Jamie Roberts. There's a chance that might work because <laughs> he's massive. But when it's Scott Williams, it's yes. not going to work at all. Like, but it's so <sighs> teams know how to defend against us now, and that is you don't commit men to the ruck. You fan out and you Mm. just stand off. And then, in spite of that, we're still doing stupid things like committing far too many players to rucks. And yet somehow... like, If we're committing loads of players to rucks, which we always do, surely that should mean that the ball gets recycled quickly. (laughs) And yet somehow, in this sort of weird equation that makes no sense, we're committing loads of men to rucks, and yet we're getting glacial ball... And, oh, it's just, I mean, ugh. I mean the... we spent so much of the game demonstrating that we're still stuck in 2009, tactically speaking. It was kind of a little bit annoying and depressing.
1: So was it as simple as Sam Davis coming on and changing everything? Because I thought yeah, it was so... more to the fact that Italy had given up.
2: It, it, I mean, when that try went over, when they went over for the try, and to be honest in the second half in general, Wales were much better. Hmm. Um. And it sort of had a bit of an inevitability about it, uh, particularly. And then, as, to be honest, as soon as we scored that first try, it was like, right, this is going to be a procession. It's a case of how many we want to score now. And yeah, I think that's definitely, there's definitely a case that they just, Italy gave everything in that 40 minutes defensively. And had they scored in
1: the 39th minute when they were near enough there, when they were right up there, it ran a bit. Yeah,
2: could have been a very, very different game. Could have would have should have, but though,
1: but yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but, you know, Wales were not doing... You know, Sam Davis helped but because he, you know, is just a natural attacking player. He stands he, a lot flatter, doesn't he? Yeah, he stands flat He stands a lot flatter. So that kind of
1: beautifully flatten at the line. That angry Venter defence then lost a bit of its traction, didn't it?
2: Yeah, because, but you know, when Dan Bigger was on the field, we had, you know, this constant situation that, that happens with Wales and has happened since the autumn, and I, I don't understand what's going on where... You see type 5 forwards standing at first receiver 10 or 15 yards behind the game line. It's the strangest... It's... It should not happen unless something's gone badly oh, wrong. Oh, you're right, on and the yeah, line they're trying to do... All
1: the time. They're trying to do that thing on the line that all teams do where they constantly pass to a, a prop stood still <laughs> to try yeah. and get them over line, and it never, ever... Ever works. never
2: works, and except, but they're doing it with Jake Ball standing yeah, exactly.
1: ten yards <laughs> yeah. behind. Yeah, the Yeah, in game the middle of them. the and park. Like, that's
2: yeah. never going to work. <laughs> what do we think that he's Say suddenly going to develop a I mean, in, beautiful yeah, left peg? In,
1: in training, don't they go, Jake? You find to start there, mate. But start <laughs> yeah. running, and I'll give it to you when you get to about here. No, that's the, yeah. That's well, the bit that's missing. I mean, the most basic thing in rugby seems to be missing.
2: Yeah, the it's the Benteo thing. It's like. Ooh. Pick an angle and run at pace. No, as hard as stand fucking... 15 yards back and wait for someone to pass the ball and then get ahead of Steve. No! <laughs> oh. I mean... Oh.
3: The,
1: the... What do you think? If you go back to Leave Wales for a minute, if you look at Italy, I mean, they look no better than last year. And after all our talk last week of how, you know, Venter and Conor O'Shea, Conor O'Shea always makes teams better. They'll be better organised. Mm. Paris is, is, is re-energised. They've got... Uh, and so on. It's, they just looked, they, well, they looked probably worse than they did at certain points last well, year.
2: They scored a try off um, Wales having a hooker who doesn't know how to hook properly. Um, and then a clever, you know, credit where it's due, a clever little throwback to forming a mini mall Yeah. On, and, you know, that was a clever bit of play. But that was as close as they got to scoring, aside from. Right at the end of the half, where again, that was just, they lived off mistakes and they didn't really do, you know, they were, Wales were so comfortable. The number of times that they had the ball in the Wales 22 and Wales just looked so comfortable Hmm. in defence. And Wales haven't looked comfortable in defence in about two years.
1: Well, they probably won't against other teams. Oh, it no, was they weren't. Really How Campanaro's on the bench. He came on his first carry. He was baffling, isn't it's it? It's just unbelievable. I know he's not getting that much game time at Exeter, but really, but not that well, much he scored game time. He's trick the week before the uh, fucking Not score. that much game time at Exeter. He's better than anybody who's playing for Zebra. Yeah. It's any, certainly a, a lot, lot s- better than Luke fucking McLean. <laughs> so.
2: Staggering, isn't it? But, I mean, yeah. Uh, there, there were positives for Wales on the whole, as much as it sounds like, a, you know, I think the Davis-Williams midfield axis grew into the game mm. a little bit. Yeah, once, they st- once they actually started playing like themselves and stopped trying to bosh it up over the fucking game line like it's Jamie Roberts, they actually looked quite balanced. Um, Rob Evans came on and looked good. Obviously, Davis, I think he's got to start next week, isn't he? Regardless of whether Biggers fit or not, just because... They looked like such a more coherent unit with him at ten. Yeah, but, but... Howley
1: will shit it and not want to put him in against England, Ronnie. Absolutely, of course he will.
2: And I mean, but f- for all the positives, you know, like you say, it was only Italy, and they didn't look any better than they did last like, year. It's ha- like
1: Howley has the look of a man whose wife has been kidnapped, and he's got no idea where he's going to get the ransom from. <laughs> That's what his eyes look like permanently. I mean, yeah, I'm shitting that is, myself. That's actually is basically... correct,
2: except in this case, the wife is the permanent Wales job after Warren <laughs> yes. Gatland leaves, and the ransom is him having any fucking clue what to do as a coach. Um, yeah, to, yeah, to borrow a baseball term, like if we're talking value over replacement, a 33-7 win over Italy is about what you'd expect from any Wales team or any team really going... You know, we did so much damage with a man advantage, sort of... I can't really tell you where Wales are. Yeah. <laughs> like. There were some positives, there were some big negatives and going into the England game. It's weird. I look at both of those teams and I genuinely haven't got a fucking clue what either team is really doing.
1: Speaking of a man advantage, what, what mm. did you make of the Johnny May card? Um,
2: I thought it was a little bit harsh, but I can see that technically, letter of the law, it was probably...
1: I thought it was massively were... obvious. I mean, he was stood up straight. And he grabbed yeah. the bloke, and he's about six foot two, Johnny May. He grabbed the bloke's leg <laughs> yeah, and pulled it tiny, directly upwards. Yeah. <laughs> so you therefore, cannot
2: lift, you cannot I'd, like.
1: And it's the way you, you get these commentaries. You still sort of say, "Oh, that seems a bit unfair." It's, well, no, it's not, is it? Because he dropped him on his. He stood know, up straight it, and pulled his leg directly into the air. Yeah
2: he sort of twisted him, and he landed on his face. And it's like, oh, yeah, if he hadn't landed on his face. I mean, yeah, but he yeah, did land on his face.
1: Brian, Brian, Brian Driscoll said that. Oh, it was, was refereed on outcome. That well, No, it wasn't, because, again, I'll say it again, he was stood up straight and pulled his <laughs> leg directly into the air. His technique was fucking terrible, by the way. He, was literally, he literally bent over like he was picking up a tray off the floor and lifted <laughs> it directly upwards in a vertical <laughs> motion. But that's anyway. the thing.
2: I don't. I, uh, that's another thing that wound me the fuck up this weekend and winds me up every weekend is ex pros basically moaning either from the commentary box or on Twitter. Every time something like that happens, it's, oh, the game's gone soft. The game's gone. Glad I'm not playing now. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. If, sp- if you were playing now. You'd just, you wouldn't tackle like that because it's the rules. Yes. And you'd adapt. <laughs>
1: exactly. Flatman's very good. in the, Yeah, he, Flatman's he, very good. I do love the I way he kind of goes, that. he kind of goes, yeah, no one did anything wrong there. He just fell over. But the referee's got to penalise somebody, sort of thing. <laughs> I remember when I spoke to him when I was at BT Sport, I was having a chat with him. I said, um, he said, it's really funny. He said, people always talk about, oh, he's driving in on that angle there and look at him. He said, he said I can tell you now, through years of experience, all you do is try to survive. <laughs> The idea yeah. that you pre- premeditatedly come in on a certain angle—you're doing that angle because he's about to twist your spine off, basically. You know, it's kind of—you <laughs> have to—it's just to, to stay upright and to stay yeah. in the game. You just have to move. He said, there's, it's yeah, ve- "You're he said to move you your not body believe to how yeah. few and far between it is that a front row has got this premeditated body angle thing going on. He it yeah, just I'm going to bore right in on him. No, it's just not. It's basically yeah, you end up getting twisted was- think, "Oh shit, I have to change my angle here so my hip doesn't pop out or something." It's- <laughs>
2: But anyway. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I thought Angus Gardner did a lot of things wrong in that England game. He's a fussy I, fucker, isn't he? Oh my God, I mean, oh. there, but then at the same time, I mean, I know that there were some people who thought that England got a massive rub of the green from him. I don't think that's. Oh no, I think he was right.
1: fairly balanced. I think he I was think actually. I, he was I, just I, equally I pedantic and and shitty with everyone. I think
2: there was an amazing, but there was an amazing moment where Hartley was, was on the was hands on the floor. And he literally shouted three times at him to release. And then at the third time, Hartley finally released. And then he let it go. And it was like, I'm pretty sure if you tell him to release once and then he doesn't, that's a penalty. And if you tell him twice and he doesn't, that's definitely I, a penalty. Going back to the
1: Island Gate, speak while I talk about rest, Roman Poit, right? Yeah. I think as long as the ball comes out, he doesn't actually give a shit what happens at the rug. Uh, I think that's that
2: is very that's, true. That's
1: the conclusion I've come to. He doesn't give a shit who lies anywhere, what they're doing. Nope. If the ball comes out on the side that it's supposed to come out on, he's ignoring it all. Yeah. You have
2: to be incredibly blatant. Yeah. To, and I think it was a it was a frustrating weekend as far as I mean it always is a frustrating weekend as far as refs go, I guess. But I, I thought it was quite non bollocks as well that in both England, France, and Italy, Wales. There were no, you know, the Italian teams were expected to get, and the French team were expected to get by with the ref speaking no fucking French
1: or Italian. There is something bad were, about is isn't there? You, you, particularly able to Angus say. Gardner,
2: he, he was talking like using slang and colloquialisms <laughs> in English to, and expecting these French forwards to understand what the fuck he's talking about. Like, you would at least expect really them fair, to it?
1: know their commands in the language, at least, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah you
2: know? and I'm sure they do. But that's the thing. He was basically chatting as if they were down the fucking pub, and it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they don't have what? advanced conversational English. I mean, they
1: might have the basics. but while we're that's talking about, about as it gets while we're talking about ref decision making, let's move on to the mm. shit good rating, shall we? Because <laughs> yes. uh, the sh- the shit for my opening is is the Reese Webb swearing at the ref. And... Is he
2: swearing at the ref though, or was he just swearing about the ref?
1: <laughs> well, if I said fucking hell, Josh, would you think I would be swearing at you? No, really?
2: If you were telling me if you were telling me to go fuck myself, then that's different. But if you're just like,
1: fucking hell, we're getting to that I, I, level. I, I, we're getting, getting to that the, level now, are we? Yeah.
2: The... I mean, don't get me wrong. He should have been binned for it
1: massively. But... Should have been for it. it's also the fact that JP Dawes spent the whole time warning people about talking yeah. to him. And he'd actually warned <laughs> Webb in the first game and she stop appealing. And then yeah, he says, fucking hell, ref. And there's no point to which you go, right, that's <laughs> it. Because enti- all I can assume is maybe he was the only one in the entire world that didn't hear it. Because yeah. everybody else did. I but did burst hilarious. out I did burst out laughing. Very loud. My wife came running in from the kitchen and said, what, what, what? As I asked like, everybody to wind it back and play it again. And of course, she found it hilarious as well. But still, <laughs> doesn't mean you shouldn't be yellow carded for it. Doesn't matter if it's funny.
2: <laughs> but I mean, that's... Basically, the only contribution that Reese Webb made to the game because he was pish. Let's be honest. Did like, he
1: score?
2: He, I mean, he should he should have scored. He te- he definitely grounded the ball on the line, but they decided that, that wasn't I a try if for that some would reason. Given
1: or not. That's why I've got a shit score to be fucking fantasy team. He's my scrum half.
2: Yeah, he's anyway. my scrum half as well. I was angry about that, but yeah, <laughs> I know he's only been back for three games for injury and everything, but his passing was poor. He offered nothing as a running threat. It wasn't a day for it, admittedly, but. He did just spend more time moaning at the ref than anything else. And I I expect a bit better from him, to be honest.
1: Yes. So that was the shit. Yeah. So you are saying he should have been carded then for that? Ah,
2: yes. Yeah. I will defend. I don't think that he was directly swearing at the ref, but I do think that he was obviously using Mm. colourful language in his general direction, Mm. which is still probably cardable. (laughs) It's certainly penalisable.
1: Shit. Simon Zebo. (laughs) <laughs> who looks like the love child of Kevin Webster, I've noticed, from Coronation Street. Yeah, okay. He also looks a bit chubby. He's got a slight moob and a bit of a chubby <laughs> face, which is odd because he's he's a back. Maybe that explains why he was so fucking slow chasing that kick.
2: I, I don't understand. I mean, obviously it's a step up, but he looks so good for Munster this year. He does, yeah. And he, just does, he looked pap for Ireland. He's another one that was in my fucking fantasy team. That's probably why he's used. <laughs> I think he shit. might have
1: been in mine as well. I can't <laughs> even remember now. I, I picked it very quickly on Friday and yeah, I had other sorry. stuff to do. Um, that's my excuse. But yes, yeah, so Azebo wasn't particularly clever. No. Um, any um, shit from you?
2: Yeah, worst thing I saw, um, I saw a lot of shit on that pitch in Rome yesterday. Don't get me wrong. But um, the worst thing by far was probably Josh Ferno's haircut. <laughs> um like shaved on the sides, mullet on top. That is not a haircut. That's a hate crime.
1: You can take the man out of Australia, though, but you can't. You know, <laughs> you cannot
2: take a bogan haircut out of it. <laughs> um, and also, shit for me, uh,
1: Jean-Marc Doussard. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. That kick, that, <laughs> oh, that that kick when he you know. missed touch. You just I literally mean... just wanted to go, ladies and gentlemen, Jean-Marc Doussard. <laughs> and I it's mean... like as if you wouldn't know he was going to do something like that. Of course,
2: because he's shit. And I said last week the Achilles heel of this French team is that all of their outside halves are incredibly flaky. But fucking hell.
1: Lopez like, did There's got to right.
2: be someone better than it. There's got to be.
1: I don't even know why they even brought him on. Lopez was doing okay. He didn't he was look knackered fine. or anything. Like, he was fine. Oh,
2: like he, He's probably just to change his name, grow a beard, and move to Argentina because I don't think he's ever living that down. It was
1: just appalling. Um, yeah. But again, mm. entirely predictable, because he is yeah, appalling.
2: Just, well, I was in no way shocked when it happened.
1: Anything else and shit from you?
2: Uh, yes. Um, wh- whoever was directing that game on Sunday, the, whether it was ITV, whether it was the Italian broadcast, like, how many times do we have to miss something that's going on in the live game because they've cut to a replay before somebody like just actually has a word and says, stop doing this? like. <laughs> In that Wales game, we missed three consecutive line-outs because they were showing replays of the kick going into touch or the play before going into touch. And literally, you cut back to the action and the ball's in midfield.
1: Post-broadcaster problem, you see. It was in Italy. It's fucking...
2: It's not hard.
1: ITV were actually probably better than BBC this week, and that's saying something.
2: I found myself less irritated by ITV than BBC. I mean, don't get me wrong. I find I still find ITV's the pundits they get in are incredibly England heavy.
1: Yeah, I don't really get that. But generally, which the commentary just makes no sense. Yeah, and and the style of the show I find better than England, uh, better than. Yeah, and of um, course, BBC. obviously, there's no Inverdale. So there's no Inverdale. I mean, to be fair, the BBC have Andrew Cotter, who I'll listen to all day because he's great. And, True, uh, and, and the ITV have Nick Moyns, who's great, and uh, but yes, uh, lot, lots of it. And did, why, they why have did why did he... Jones
2: on the co- on the co commentary on the Wales game? They did, yeah, they did. I he mean, was actually all, itself, right. Was I'm all, right. all right.
1: surprisingly all right. He was probably doing it via Skype.
2: The most excited and animated he got in the entire 80 minutes was when Corey Hill came. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was one of mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I'm really pleased for him. I found him. Where, yeah. did, he, where did he say? I found him playing for... It was somewhere in Britain, wasn't it? I found yeah, Mosley. That was it. I, oh, I brought him in from Mosley. Great to see him making his Six yeah. Nations debut. There's the Skype network. There's the Skype <laughs> network for you. He went to Mosley, swapped <laughs> him for a photocopier, and now he's playing in the Six Nations. <laughs>
2: Um, other shits for me, um, probably the most angry, aside from everything that happened in the first half in the Wales game, the most angry I was all weekend was when Lawrence Denaglio described, um, the sin bin as the Johnny May power play, <laughs> which, I mean, firstly, it makes no sense. He's, he's
1: yeah.
2: Secondly, stop trying to crowbar American <sighs> sport terminology into rugby. Like, it's bad enough that the red zone is basically common parlance now. We do, can we not draw a line
1: somewhere? Infringing in the red zone. Stop this before it gets out of hand. He slots the, he slots the kick through the tall pipes. <laughs> but it's. Um, it's yeah, Delalio's just rubbish. I don't he's get a shit it. Shit commentator. You wouldn't mind, he's not
2: he, a very good analyst.
3: No, he's not he's a good analyst. He doesn't even
1: say anything controversial to make it entertaining. Hmm. And he's just not got a very interesting voice. He's got no interest in it. I just don't understand it at all. I mean, no. he is who he is. I get that, but yeah, there's plenty of people who've had long international careers. he could get in.
2: And he's a bit like Shane Williams in that regard, in that I love Shane like a, yeah. a ridiculous amount, but he's fucking rubbish. He's a <laughs> list. He's an incredibly boring co-commentator.
1: Paul O'Connell's he... quite good. Yeah. Paula good at everything, though, isn't he? Is he is just good at everything, including being a massive red thing. And um, <laughs> Wilkes <Wilkinson laughs> is to be good, and I'm happy to say he had a better fitting suit this year. He obviously is paying yes. attention. Yeah. Um, right. So that was shit. Anything else from you before I move on? Uh, I've got some kick mixes. off countdowns. Stop it. Oh, I think we've done this one before, but forfeit it can't, the ma- it can't
2: completely be- forfeit the match if you have one done.
1: <laughs> it can't be said often enough, can it? How no. awful it was, and you know. Fucking music after scoring. Why oh. did that Murrayfield stadium when Hogg scored that lovely try need the fucking proclaimers? Of course it didn't. Because it would have gone absolutely mental anyway. I mean, I like 500 miles. I like the <laughs> proclaimers. I do, honestly, I like them. Sunshine on Lee, there's a brilliant song. But it's just and then at <laughs> That's the right end of the place. But when they won at the end, and like they were cut into people. There's a guy in the audience crying with hmm. 500 fucking miles on again in the background. It's like, well, no, just let them celebrate. Yeah, it doesn't look... St- they don't need it. Stadiums have crowds because they make noise, and it's a mo- <laughs> one of the most wonderful things that human beings collectively can create is crowd noise and excitement. Yeah. And you're basically just robbing us of it, you disgusting was- PR fuckers.
2: That was when that whole DJ Spoonie bollocks in the Millennium Stadium a few years ago, <laughs> <At least> that- <sighs> one of the great crimes. Well, One of the great
1: it. episodes of folly in Welsh rugby and let's because be honest, there's been like, a few. What, what
2: stadium in the world doesn't need any help with a fucking atmosphere? <laughs> it's probably the Millennium Stadium with the roof closed before Wales fucking England. And
1: uh, oh. <laughs> I went to watch um, the Super League Grand Final and Craig Charles was DJing before that. <laughs> and actually, he's, I quite like Craig Charles. I'm he's, quite yeah. into the old soul funk thing. He's a decent guy, but it was just bizarre. It was just so bizarre. And in between all that fucking music, you've got that bloke who seems to do every single stadium with that voice. Not Nick Heath. It's not you, Nick, if you're listening. I like you, Nick. It's just, it's just, he did the Super League final as well. Shouting. Stop shouting names all the time. What is wrong with you? And what is wrong with us? We keep putting up with this shit. I really
2: hate, I don't understand why all stadiums now have to have some fucking hype man. <laughs> It's like every stadium you go to, it's like, you know, can you not just say I'm coming on for so-and-so is number 23 yeah. replacing, you know, number 11? Yeah, yeah and what, it is. That is... Don't, I don't need anything else from yeah.
1: you. I don't need, come on, or whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck you want. Yeah. Oh,
2: fuck
1: off. And it's, that, it's the whole movie trailer intonation of the voice. You know, it was a yeah. time of war and heroes <laughs> sort of thing. And it's But it's literally sort of saying, Replacement for Wales, Alan Wynne-Jones is replaced by Corey Allen. So, yeah. it's, just, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, fuck so... off. Oh, it's
2: bollocks, isn't
1: it? Oh, it's God, just... how do we get onto that? I'm, all, I'm worn out now. I'm worn out. <laughs> yes,
2: let's go and have a lie down in a dark Let's get through the goods and go and have a lie down oh, I have down to think of Dortmund.
1: Baptiste and bring me back to a happy place. <laughs> Hey, apparently, I said I, I wrote a big piece on the, on the, on the pod about uh, Baptiste, uh, which mm. the French have been all over. Lots of people who can read English in France, obviously. I hope they've not <laughs> used the auto-translate, because it's going to be a right mess some of the shit words I use. <laughs> but then somebody came back and said, wait till you see Antoine Dupont, Ooh, who's hello. just signed for Toulouse. He's 20 years old. And apparently he's a bit of a ninja as well, so wow. we'll see.
2: I've all thought the French having mad... Exciting players. Speaking of which, my first good, <laughs> yeah, fucking Back of tower, Like, now you know how I feel about him and his suitability to play test rugby. But I'm just going to put my hand up and say I could not have been more wrong. Like, I mean, he still in no way looks like a player who has any clue how to play no. the winger position at test level. But that is fine. Yeah, it genuinely doesn't. That's matter. irrelevant
1: when you can watch him yeah. do them things that he does. His
2: <laughs> talent. Is I don't know scary. what you're
1: trying to do, but I love watching you do them things that you do. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's, he might be
2: one of the most naturally talented players in, in the world. What and, was that ball and when he, he, got it and basically...
1: he, he got it and he kicked it over the top? And then he and bounced then it, and then and he, he caught it, it. And then as he was being tackled, he kicked it with his left foot yeah, again. It was so good. Like,
2: Noves has looked at that and just gone, you know what, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking crack on. I don't you know what I'm going to do with do it. What you feel. But don't you're... worry about <laughs> defending or positioning or patterns or any of that shit. You just go out there. When you get the ball, you just do what you fucking like and we'll try to keep up.
1: You just crack on.
2: Yeah, and it works. And I mean, like he did several things against England that I actually laughed out loud. Yes. Like, it's just... He's one of those players that sitting. as
1: he's doing stuff, you just keep going. When he's sat, sat on the couch, you, you keep going, hey, hey, hey <laughs> sorry. <something."
2: laughs> <laughs> like, it was... and Yeah, I, the, the way he does that... Little chip over the top thing with a level of accuracy. Like, how many wingers
1: can and do he's that? A, he's a unit, isn't he? He's, he's a big like, a lad. He's, quick. You know, he's
2: a unit. At that that break they had at the end of the first half, where he just got it and kicked in the afterburners, and he was inside the twenty-two, and then you blinked, and he was around the ten, the England ten-meter line, and it was like, "Fuck me, how quick are you?" And uh, I, N- so
1: tackle. Speaking of wingers, Nakatani's tackle on um, yes. daily. Wonderful That's stuff. The, and uh, a very good player like that back. So,
2: I mean, we should probably talk about Scott Spedding, shouldn't we? Because we haven't. <laughs> oh, fuck?
1: What the actual fuck? But actually, anyone who has a go at me for being too negative about England, I ask you this question: How can I not be negative about a team that makes Scott Spedding look decent?
2: That's good, yeah. He it's was
1: unspeakable. Like, he was like Ben Smith out there. It was. <laughs> I was halfway through halfway through watching that game. My mate, my mate just texted me, apropos of nothing. He said, he said, I can't stand that fucking Scott Spedding. I've got no idea why. He just fucking winds me up. And I was like, yeah, nobody can really explain it, can they? But, He's
2: got one of those faces, is not he? Oh,
1: I don't know what it is, but yeah, very, very irritating. Uh, let's move on to some, some good stuff. Uh, Tom yes. Davis, Tom Davis 13, got in touch, and he said good was Sam Warburton.
2: Yes, I. Um,
1: I was. He was on Maris as well. The Jackal to win that penalty when England, Italy were oh, laying correct. siege.
2: That was textbook shit. That really was. Uh, that and it was... was probably his best game for Wales in some time. Um, let's be honest.
1: He looked like an international six. People he were obviously like... worried about his lightweightness and all that stuff. Is that a word? No, so it he isn't. just he
2: bulked up a little bit, you know. And because, but his carrying... well, what else is he
1: going to do when he's injured? He's well, exactly, cream yeah. eggs, yeah.
2: protein powder, and <laughs> fucking gains. Um. Yeah, he carried very well. He was imposing over the ball. Mm. He tackled like an mm. absolute fucking monster. Um, there's a pro- if Falatau's back next week, that is, there's a big decision to be made with that back row because I think we all assumed that a first choice back row would be Moriarty, Tipperic, Falatau. Now. I play Warburton ahead of like...
1: Tipperick anyway. I'm still utterly unconvinced. So he was I, I don't wanna
2: people think that I really hate Justin Tipperick, I really don't, but Tipperick was fucking shite on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't. It's Fallatao,
1: was... Warburton, Moriarty all day. But that could be one of the best back rows in Europe if they stay fit. Oh, and, it
2: play could well. be. and I think but the thing is I think that it's horses for courses a little bit. If you're looking to throw it about a bit, you're playing in the dry and mm. it's you know mm, maybe you know, down in New Zealand in the summer, maybe you want a Tipperick. If it's November or January and it's shitting it down and you're in Scotland, you probably want a
1: Warburton. So,
2: yeah. Um, Maybe that's what Howdy's thinking.
1: Maybe there's a plan. I doubt it. Yeah, but the, the only plan he's got is he's going to free his wife from that kidnapper. That's the only plan he's thinking about. Um, he's basically Liam Neeson, but shit. Somebody did say that to me on Twitter when I put something like that on Twitter. They just went, he's definitely no fucking Liam Neeson, is he? Imagine the phone call. I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you're from, but you need to know that. I will find you. I will find I you, will and, I, and, I'll, and I'll look at you, you in a bewildered way for about 10 minutes. Are they bad?
2: I will explain to you an incredibly intricate but impractical attacking game play.
1: <laughs> and he was prompt out. they'd well. probably fucking hand the the wipe off. Just please take her. Have a off, take will you? It.
2: Literally I don't want to know about your scissors anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: so <laughs> moving on with the goods, uh, yeah. Fraser Stewart got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and said, Good, was Ross Ford's reply to the ref asking if he's okay when getting treatment? I am just old, he said.
2: <laughs> I
3: mean, I've I've never Ford. thought I'm he'd be a Ross wit,
1: Ford. Ross Ford. I thought he'd be no. too busy drinking protein shakes and doing bench presses and throwing yeah. the ball at ridiculously stupid angles. Mm. But no, he seems he's a that's bit a good, he's a bit of a, a lad. Line.
2: Got to give it to him. Um, speaking of Scotland, Greg Laidlaw's look of genuine amazement, delighted amazement, I should say, um, that they hadn't fucked it up again. Yeah, his face when he... Yeah, face when he the Mickey kicked, Mouse
1: trophy they <laughs> give kick, at the end. The kick at the try. The kick at the end as well. His face after kicking that was—he was so wonderful. delighted. I mean, for all the of slagging off you can do of him, actually, he really does wear his heart for his country on his sleeve, doesn't he? And, and it probably—it meant more to him yeah. than anybody.
2: Yeah, and I was very like as much as I don't think that he is Scotland's best option at nine going forward. He—you couldn't rob him of that didn't. though, could you? Absolutely not. Um, good for me, Sergio, El Parise. <laughs> <Yeah>. Apart from <laughs> the screen you know, the ref, you know my feelings on him. But um, he was really fucking good on the weekend. Mostly, like it was. If we all know that he is the originator of "fuck it, I'll do it myself," and that it can be a bad thing sometimes, but sometimes it works out rather well. And he was peak, yes, positive. "Fuck it, I'll do it myself." On Sunday, there was one point about Sondation
1: the first ten minutes where he he spun that pass to the number six, whose name escapes Uh-oh. me now. And yes, he, it hit yeah. it. It hit him in both palms at once, yeah. like a per, normal pass. And he, spe, he spewed it forward. And you must, if you're Sergio, you think, you know, and people have a go at me for fuck of, it. I'll do this. Is what I'm dealing with every fucking win. You wonder why I just grab the ball and run all the time.
2: <laughs> it's offensive to me that that's not been
1: scored. And right, same. <laughs> so. yeah. So um, yes, yeah, Sergio was very good. Uh, Robbie Alexander got in touch on Twitter, a Scottish person, who said that good. Was Vern Cotter and Rob Holdsworth, who's his, his analyst, dancing about in the coach's box at the full-time whistle?
2: <laughs> I did not see that. I didn't I see really that, but know I, if I can imagine it.
1: I, 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 I don't. I think Vern's not been as happy as this since he put a baby seal into a mincer last week. That was.
2: <laughs> I mean, that was just that was just an ordinary Tuesday for him, though. So.
1: Yeah, Dave Station UK got in touch on Twitter and said Elliot Daly played very well. He did, but you know, he couldn't yeah, finish I that try. But yeah, tidy enough. He did yeah. Um,
2: cracking The Greys. Yes. The Johnny Ant- Fifty fucking tackles between them on Saturday. Yeah. 27 to Johnny, 23 to Richie. That's a fifth of the tackle count that they made on their own. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. Beaker got genuine. in touch on
1: Twitter and said the Greys, also Stuart And Hamish Watson, the other love of my life at the minute.
2: Yes, he was
1: very good. He's great. I love him. I, I love so how he doesn't director. he doesn't he doesn't look like a modern Loose forward. That's what I like oh, about him. Yes. He just looks like a normal-sized bloke. He's put a bandage yes. around his head and fancies having a bit of a <laughs> rammy. And I really quite like that about him.
2: Speaking of players who do look like modern loose forwards, oh. I think we probably have to... I don't like it any more than you do. I'm sorry,
1: but... you're breaking up, Josh. What are you saying? <laughs>
2: it's Has- Haskell. <sighs> he transformed. I'd,
1: like I'd rather like to... I rather, I prefer to phrase it of the England bench transformed the game. That's how I like to phrase it.
2: Uh, that's a very diplomatic way of doing it. Um, no, as I said yeah. to
1: you before we came on air, I've never said he couldn't run in a straight line. I've never said he couldn't <laughs> exactly. do that.
2: And, I mean, he was just... They were shit in... That
1: front, well, they, they were getting no muscled front. all over the shot, weren't they? And then he yeah. brought on and that he... that thick unit, and 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 he did the job. And fair play to him, yeah. Physicality to it, and he brought uh,
2: those things that he was always going to do. You know, it pains me to say it; it really does. But like <laughs> that back row was totally. I can out of see its your face. You don't look
1: in pain at all. You just enjoying That's... my pain. Is what you're enjoying well, a little
2: bit? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that England. I still don't think that England need him all the time. But no. I think that with no Billy and no Robshaw,
1: there's probably something to be said about that. Yeah, we, need, we we were we were physically dominated. Yeah, even with a back row with France with somebody quite small and nippy like Gordon in it, we were we were quite dominated. Well,
2: yeah, you just needed somebody that
1: could get around hold of the ball. Up. Yeah, basically, yeah. you needed somebody yeah. to deal with moles. Speaking of which, that tackle by Farrell on Pickhamalls was was, oh, was, was quite something. Yeah. Fair play to him. Um, right, what else have I got in the goodie that's come from Twitter? Nick Tailteller got in touch on Twitter, and I did like this. He said, "Good was Ben Teo's cameo." You see, <laughs> he's done there. Isn't that brilliant?
2: Oh, that is. I mean, that is genuinely awful, but I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: that's wonderful. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> um, and Andy got in touch and again with the uh, Johnny May thing. Andy got in touch and said, for all round entertainment and general bobbinsness, he's gone for Johnny May.
2: I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't fucking get it. The
1: inexplicable chopsticks that is Johnny May. <laughs> Shall it's we... Just, go on.
2: Uh, apparently, um, Jared, I'll tell you another shit, hmm. is apparently Jared Haynes considering another code switch again. Where's just, he going uh, now? Literally being, Back to literally Union again. Sent by uh, Fiona Hunt to us on Twitter. Um, he is going to go and play for Toulon or someone because he literally six months ago he went back to rugby league six months yeah. and he's already he's already saying yeah maybe I'll go to France. He
1: should just, just he just should have a T-shirt with I like money written on it. Yeah. <laughs> who are literally. How, pay me. Pay the, the man. What is it, Mister Krabs? When he when he when he opens the second crusty crab in SpongeBob, and he say, "What reason have you done this for, Mister Krabs?" Money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you've got to give it to him. You've got to, like he he is naked in his desire to have lots of money. But you think he's got enough though?
1: You would think so, because like, even just playing as a reserve bloke at the 49ers, I mean, yeah, he got some cash in, wouldn't he? Yeah.
2: The base salary of the NFL is like $500,000 a year or something like that. So, Which is basically sure what the
1: best-paid player in English rugby's on, allegedly.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, Talon, well, good luck to you, Jared. He's, yeah. got, he's a talented lad. He's obviously a bit of a twat. He's
2: a hugely talented lad. He's, he's into God now, he isn't he? Hasn't he, got God all over it? Hasn't
1: he got God stuff all over his Twitter? Probably. yeah
3: uh, uh. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, he's their own I'm just trying to I'm just trying to say I think from my memory I remember he had a lot of that all over his Twitter um, right there's
2: something it's, about avarice in the Bible I think yeah but, uh, yeah.
1: yeah and yeah. greed yeah, no. the, yeah. Uh, so is there anything else from you because I'm done at my end
2: here uh, um, I like quite from a personal note I like to see George North scoring a shitting good try yes for yes. the first time in 11 I months. did
1: think they were going to catch him I thought for a split he was second, on one leg he's going to get caught here, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, that's true, he, was, he wasn't He was quite fit, was he? Yeah, yeah I, it was just like... I, I mean, thought I we had I another North fit. knack after 12 minutes, but he managed to uh, get himself sorted.
2: Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just, you know, he's had so much. Like, that whole, there was a bit, a bit ghoulish, that interview with him by ITV before the game, where they basically, you know, were talking about him like he'd already died, <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I understand that obviously the concussion stuff with him is very serious and nobody wants to gloss over it. And it's good that they featured it and covered it. But it was so kind of, it was all this really dramatic music and it was just and all these like newspaper headlines what? of North should retire and all this
1: sort of stuff. What's it's like, funny them is, them. is that on form, he's not doing very well at the minute, is he? No, and, not at all. But interestingly, he's on that big Gillette advert for the Lions, isn't he? With the g yes. for talking. And uh, and and then I got an email in the week from the Lions PR people. He's just been signed up as a Mud House Wines ambassador because they're obviously uh-huh. involved with in Lions as well. So he's basically ambassador for every single major sponsor. So yeah. regardless of his
2: and form, he's he's a Land Rover, a Rover <laughs> spokesperson as well.
1: Um, I mean, fair deal to him. Make your money where yeah. you can, George. I'm not having to go at you. I'm just saying no, it's, no, interesting. Not at all. it's interesting. But it's interesting. that um, rega- it you know anybody thinks maybe, maybe he won't go on the tour, tour. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. Yeah, so let's bring that to a close and let's very quickly, we're just going to talk about predictions for next week without going into too oh, yeah. much detail. No. France, sorry. Uh, so on Saturday, at 5th, uh-huh. at, um, Italy are going to play Ireland. That's nothing other than ah. Ireland win, is it? Oh God, no. Yeah, a that's Convincing Ireland, Ireland, Ireland win with a lot of backlash and fury. Yes, I'm
2: oh. guessing they're going to bring the thunder.
1: And Conor O'Shea needs to sort that team out sharpest because they look just piss poor for most of that game
2: very odd. anyway yeah
1: then the big tea time kickoff is wales versus england in the millennium disco (sighs) dome
2: (laughs) i mean England just because wales are still not very good and i'm in no way convinced that they are really improved from where they were in the autumn but I'm level with you. Toss a coin because neither team looks particularly The way England played last yeah.
1: week and the way they in the autumn, I'm not sure. I just think that we will. I do think we will have a little bit too much. I think at so. This point. I think you've got. Even better- by not doing much, we will have too much for Wales at this stage.
2: I think you're still very good at defending. Yes. And we. Are not very good at attacking
1: no Wales will get frustrated and just start kicking the ball away and doing silly things just yeah, play exactly and we'll a... into our hands So, yeah,
2: and we'll make a mistake and there will be a 60 metre run in for James Haskell and the run into a poster <laughs> game I hope
1: <laughs> um, having said all of that I mean, you really can't put it past Wales in games like this to come out and, and ram three tries in the first half an hour and have us a bit well, shell shocked yeah and
2: this is why I don't know I don't think they've improved so I think that England will probably win and probably will win quite comprehensively in the end yeah but, but... Agreed.
1: I do think Yeah, that. Comprehensively, I'm both... not sure about that, but I think we'll win. I'd say it's us by about seven. Would you say that's comprehensive?
2: Yeah, I would say seven to ten. But
1: France yeah. versus Scotland in Oof. Stade de France. Now, if Scotland can do what they did to Ireland in the first half against France, yes. they will win. Yeah, again, I completely agree with you. Because the Stade de France crowd will start doing that thing where they all start talking to each other and getting ragged off.
2: Yes. I... I... I kind of just want both teams to forget that defending is a thing that happens, <laughs> and I basically and let them all a... do
1: that thing they do. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just want this to be a Super Rugby game. I just want to watch Stuart Hogg and Vakatawa just trade being brilliant back and forth. I for want eight to see minutes.
1: Baptiste Saran versus Glacial Greg Laidlaw. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to, could you imagine? There are very like the odd couple.
1: contrasting
2: <laughs> styles than those two. That's
1: yeah. In fact, no, you had me. Uh, I had me. Uh, I just want to see Baptiste surround, basically. Well,
2: yeah. It's appointment viewing now, isn't it? So, yes, yeah, it I would lean towards France just because I think that I maybe think so. Scotland yeah. might be a little bit sort of... They might have got a little bit excited and it's quite hard to build I on that and do f- it.
1: I fancy that France will defend their outside channels, though, even as, as well <clears> as Ireland <throat> did. <laughs> no. That's the issue. <laughs> Because Vakatawa could be anywhere. Vakatawa could be in the bog or anything after 20 all, minutes. To be honest. <laughs> you know, Vakatawa could be having like a pint or a pie somewhere mid-game. Yeah, yeah. And the,
2: but then he'll run on and do like seven keepy-uppies <laughs> and then score. <laughs> <laughs> probably going to be the most forward. entertaining game of the weekend. He's looking just forward to that,
1: that. Thank you, everybody, for getting in touch. Uh, Always a uh, pleasure. Stock yourself up with some beer from Beer52, Blood Mud 10, and we'll see you and speak to you and hear from you next week and so on. See you. Take
0: As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash pupchanges. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection.